your dreams can be your reality. You all, time isn't real. Okay, that is fucking crazy. Spirituality, manifestation, travel, money, entrepreneurship. Welcome to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Wright. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea, and I am in such a good mood right now. And I just wanted to share quickly how I got into this good mood because last night I was not in a good mood. I went to bed late. I woke up kind of anxious because I had so much to do today. And I'm literally in such a different mood than I was two hours ago. So the first thing I did was I made my bed. The second thing I did was eat a fruit bowl. I eat a fruit bowl every morning. It's just a habit now. Also, I put cacao nibs on top and chia seeds and honey. So really spice it up. And then I went into my room and I opened all the windows, like fully open with the sun shining in, put the blinds up and everything. So instant sunlight. Then I did a five minute meditation on the open app. And then I did a 10 minute easy movement, easy flow yoga on open. And then I did a Brazilian dance class with a beautiful follower of mine who came in to teach my mastermind girls. Her name's Natalia Oakfield on Instagram. She just taught us some Brazilian moves and Brazilian music. I am in a 180 different mood. I don't even know if that makes sense, but that's how I feel. (laughs) I'm like, wow, the power of sunlight, of movement, of checking in with yourself for five minutes, of dancing to silly songs and not caring how you look makes such an impact. So if you're in a bad mood today or you're just feeling blah or neutral or you just feel like you're going through the motions, try to look around and see like, could I bring more sunlight into this day? Could I just go outside? Could I put on my favorite song for five minutes and just bounce around my room like a fucking idiot and see what happens? I'm telling you all, the sillier you are, I feel like this is the secret to life. The sillier you are and let yourself be, that's when you find joy. I know personally, when I was getting into self-improvement, I always thought I was doing it wrong because I didn't do kundalini yoga and I didn't meditate for 30 minutes. I don't do transcendental meditation. I didn't listen to certain music that you find on meditation tracks. And I started to just think, okay, well, maybe this isn't for me or I'm not doing it right. And the older I get, I'm like, there's no right way to do it. It's what works for you. So yeah, just hot tip, maybe put on Brazilian dance music and shake your ass and you might be in a better mood. So today's episode is really exciting because it is a client spotlight episode, which is a new series that I'll be doing every month to highlight my clients, their businesses, their wins, tell their story because they are doing fucking incredible workout in the world and everybody needs to know about them. So today's episode is with Delaney Swift and she is the founder of Happy Scampers. She started Happy Scampers during a time in her life when she was struggling, she was feeling alone, comparing herself to other people on social media, and she really wanted to create a positive place on the internet for people just like her to come together and share their stories. So she also wanted to be able to share resources and show people that they weren't alone, so Happy Scampers actually started as a Facebook group, and it's now also a YouTube channel and an online community sharing different resources like books, podcasts, products, recipes, workouts, and more that make mental health relatable and doable. 
Delaney and I started working together back in March, and since then, she's left her full-time gig, gone all in on Happy Scampers, and she runs incredible, exciting experiences like Boot Scamp Dance, which we talk about in this episode. She's coming out with a course soon on inner child work, and she is currently offering one-on-one coaching. Trust me, you want Delaney in your life. She is seriously the biggest cheerleader and ball of sunshine, and I know she's going to help so many people with her offers. Be sure to check out the link in my show notes to support and connect with her. And be sure to check out her Instagram, DM her, connect with her, check out her offers. I'm telling you all, she is so incredible. We cover different topics today, like how she started her business and why, mental health issues that she's moved through, why she built her community. And we talk about various mindset shifts that you can make that are small but make massive changes. So definitely take some notes on this one. She gives incredible advice and her one-on-one coaching is going to be amazing. So again, check her out and connect with her with all the links in my show notes. Now, something that Delaney and I both believe in is just getting back to the basics of mindfulness and checking in with ourselves. Open, which I talked about earlier, is actually an online mindfulness studio and I've been using their app since July to soothe my nervous system. Holy shit, it has been such a game changer. So what it is, it's a mindfulness studio that offers experiences like breathwork, meditation, yoga, Pilates, and more to support transformation and personal development. They launched in 2020, and they set out to build an ecosystem that meet people where they're at, anytime, anywhere, any level, on or offline. What their approach is all about is bridging ancient wisdom and modern science, guided by expert teachers and supported by proprietary technology You all, I have so many apps and this app is not only beautiful, it's easy to navigate and it is categorized so well. So if you get overwhelmed by all all the options in an app, this app did an incredible job with the user interface of being able to quickly filter out what you're looking for. The classes are designed to engage your senses and regulate your nervous system, which you know I'm all about, and to effectively reach a meditative state that many of us find to be out of reach. The breathwork techniques are woven into each experience to strengthen the mind-body connection through mental and physical training. And like I said, I've been using this since July. So that's a point where I was traveling alone, still during the pandemic. I just had ended a relationship and I was still running my business. So overload on my nervous system, I felt so freaking disconnected from myself and I knew I needed support and open came into my life at the perfect time. I actually do their sleep meditations all the time. I get knocked out before the track is even over. (laughs) I do five minute meditations in the morning before getting out of bed. And it is such a game changer in the morning. It truly calms me down, especially if you're like me and you wake up and you just start thinking about your to-do list. Definitely take some time and check out this app for a quick meditation. Open is one of the biggest reasons I feel like I didn't lose my shit over the summer. I was able to sustain traveling, sustain my business, be able to not completely again lose my mind through all the chaos I was going through. And I'm not the only one who loves them. They just received $14.5 million in funding last month from various investors, including the CEOs of Twitter and DoorDash. So yeah, obviously people love it just as much as I do. If you want to try it out and see why I'm so obsessed with it, go ahead to the link in my bio where you can get 30 days free. So you can go to my bio on Instagram at Chelsea Rife or in my show notes. This is 30 days completely free. You can try anything in the app, the movement, the meditation, the breath work. I mean, check it all out. Some of my favorites are the unwinding road meditation at night and the contemplating confidence meditation in the morning. So incredible. 
You're going to love it. Again, check out the link in my show notes or on my bio at Chelsea Rife. And last announcement is that doors are officially open to my group program, The Creative Rebel Mastermind. If you follow me on IG, you've seen I've been talking about this. So I wanted to share just a bit more here. This is an eight-week intimate experience where we're going deep into self-expression and exploring our creativity. So if you've been feeling stuck in a creative rut or exhausted by social media, feeling disconnected from your core essence, you'll definitely want to join this program. My hope is that everyone can bring a small project to work on throughout the two months and develop it over the whole course of the eight weeks. So anything, poetry, jewelry, art, a card deck, an essay, nothing is off limits. We're really going to dive deep into self-expression, boundaries, nervous system regulation, uncovering secrets of your birth chart, voice activation, archetype embodiment, and so much more. I'm having guest experts come in to talk about being multi-passionate an astrologer to uncover the secrets of our birth chart, an archetype embodiment expert. And by the end of this experience, I just hope that you feel more you, more expressed, more creative. I hope you put yourself out there and feel safe and ready to do so amongst a powerhouse group of women. That is why I am creating this intimate experience. I don't want you to feel like you have to do this alone and why I'm keeping the group small. So there's going to be eight spots open, all incredible people. I can already feel the group coming together energetically. And to be honest, this is something I wish existed when I started my business. I felt like I had to be a bubblegum Barbie coach or this like beachy, breezy person or whatever. And I started to feel really boring and hating my business, to be honest. I just felt so checked out and disconnected. And I wanted to connect with other people who were like me, who liked rap music, but they also like self-development, but they they also like to dance. Maybe they have a glass of wine or two or three on the weekend and all the other things that make up being a human. So that's why this is created. So early bird pricing ends tonight at midnight. So Friday, November 12th at midnight. And then the investment will go up by $444. So head to my show notes where you can find the enrollment link or DM me on Instagram at Chelsea Rife. And I am happy to answer any questions. I am so freaking excited about this. We kick off November 30th. And again, early bird pricing ends tonight, November 12th at midnight. All right, let's jump into today's episode with Delaney Swift. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am joined by my beautiful client turned friend, Delaney. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. I am stoked. First of all, we're now both in the same state of Florida, which is interesting because we both haven't been here for a while. I know you just moved here. I'm from here, but I've been traveling. So how are you adjusting to Florida? I am adjusting well. It was weird the first few months. I feel like I just felt like I was on vacation because it was like so new. And I was like, oh, I'm here. Like I'm in this new state. And it was just like soaking up all of the newness of it. Um, But now that we've been here for like almost six months, we've been here five months it feels like it's finally home. And I think too, we went back to Ohio where I'm from a couple of times and coming back from where you're like used to be home. It just feels like it sets in even more. Like you miss your bed, you miss your apartment, you miss your yoga studio or whatever. So that makes it feel a little bit more real. Oh yeah. The adjustment period of finding a routine and your gyms and your local studios is it's hard, but then it's fun once you actually lock it all in. Exactly. And 
Yeah, it's definitely awkward, like, walking into a new studio or, like, walking in anywhere where you're new or you're not comfortable, but, uh, and I'm definitely still in a little bit of that phase, but I feel like I was actually, when we were going back to Ohio, I was thinking about how much of a community I have built in such a short time. I was just kind of reflecting and realizing, like, I don't know where I'm going to work out when we're visiting. I don't know where I'm going to, like, get coffee because I've developed such, like, strict routines here or not strict, but a good routine here. And it just feels, it feels good. Yeah. And I know a big reason that you moved there was, I know you left your corporate job and you have an amazing company called Happy Scampers. So can you tell us a little bit about Happy Scampers and what made you ultimately decide to leave corporate? Yes. So I started Happy Scampers, not really thinking anything of it. I never thought I would be where I am today with it, but I was living in just an environment where I just didn't feel fully comfortable anymore. I felt like my corporate job was just draining me a lot. I wasn't really doing what I was like authentically interested in. I just had a lot, I feel like going on internally and was just in a really bad headspace. Um, And I remember one day I was texting a few of my friends and we were all complaining about something different, whether it was work or relationships or family or whatever. And I just was like, we need a group chat or a Facebook group or something that we can like share podcasts with each other where we can uplift each other and like motivate each other and share books, music, all of the above, anything like self-help related or anything positive, because I was just kind of sick of all of like the toxic negative energy that was around me all the time. And I wanted something to bring some positivity into my life. So I created a Facebook group that day and I had like 300 members within like a few hours or something like that. Um, And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. This is fun. Like people are really enjoying it. People were interacting with everything in the Facebook group. So you know, just from the positive feedback I got, I created more of an online community with it. And that was in October of last year. So literally a year, which is crazy. Um, And then I was still working my nine to five. This was just like a community, an online community. And then in March, I, you and I started working together. And that's when I started to take things a lot more seriously. I don't even know if I had a full scope of what I wanted to do with it at that point. But I knew that it was something that I was really passionate and serious about. And then, you know, I saved up a good handful of money from my corporate job and I quit in middle to end of May. And then June, I took Happy Scampers full time. So around, you know, I mean, my boyfriend and I had been looking for a new place to live for months. We wanted to travel and then move out west, but just with COVID and everything, we had come to visit St. Pete, Tampa area, and we realized that we really like it. We just were visiting a friend. We we're like, why don't we just move here? Like, it's it has everything we want for right now. It's really easy. We know people come to visit us. And I think both of us, what our priority was, was just being in a warmer environment and being somewhere that was, like, different from what we were used to. And for me, I was really looking for something where I could, like, fully dive into my business and kind of just a change of pace, just where away from what I was used to because I feel like my environment was no longer serving me. I have a question on the name Happy Scampers. Where did that come from? (laughs) 
So the name is a play on words. Um, happy camper, happy campers, whatever. But scamp, where scamp comes from, is from my dad. So my dad passed away when I was 19. And um, he used to call me scamp. And whenever um, my parents found out they were pregnant, my dad went, they went and bought a car, a van. Uh, it was this really ugly, like green Mercury Villager, or I believe it was called. But anyways, it was the 90s. So he, they went and bought a van and then they got the license plate to say my scamp. So that was my nickname scamp, you know, ever since I was little and I actually have it tattooed on my arm in my dad's handwriting. And so I guess I just, I don't know, I think it just came to me and I felt like it was a really good way to be a tribute to him. So I love that. And it's such a perfect play on words, not only for what you said, your own personal experience, but what you do, it does very much feel like you're creating a community of like happy campers. So I love that those two mix together perfectly. What's interesting is you and I talk about this all the time of like what we see on social isn't always real, right? Like we're like, oh my God, it looks like they're killing it and have the perfect life and this and that. And then we're now seeing an influx of people starting to open up about like, you know, what's really going on behind the scenes. And I feel like you're a really great example of someone that does show the hard times and also is showing ways to overcome those. So can you talk a little bit about what was it like starting to open up on social media and share maybe something that isn't so quote unquote glamorous? This is like two-parted for me. So on one hand, I think when I started, it was a lot easier than now. And I think that's because when I was starting, I didn't realize that there was such a big community of like health and wellness influencers and, you know, like realness on Instagram. Like this was not in my head at all when I, when I began. So for me, you know, sharing videos on YouTube that were really vulnerable or sharing stories on my Instagram or whatever was easy because I just kind of thought this is going to help someone and then as time went on and I realized that all of like, you know, the algorithm is showing me all these things that I don't, you know, that compare, like just comparing myself to other people is showing me things that are like what I want to see and what I interact with. So then I started comparing myself to all these other coaches and, you know, wellness influencers and just thinking, oh God, you know, I, I'm not in their shoes yet, but, um, you know, yeah, it was easy at first, I think. And as I started to, you know, share a little bit more, it got a little bit more uncomfortable. However, I still have to like always remind myself of like my mission. I literally talked to my therapist about this and she was like, you have to remind yourself why, because when you're talking about happy scampers and about your brand, um, she's like, you just light up. But then when you're talking about the comparison and all of that, you kind of shrink. And so you have to remember like why you started. And so for me, like the feedback of, you know, this really helped me or I'm going through something similar. That's what keeps me going. So it's kind of interesting to find that balance between, you know, sharing those real moments. Cause obviously nothing is going to look like me crying in my bed, wearing sweats, you know, not brushing my teeth or washing my face for, you know, two days or something like that. But um, it's important, I think, to keep keep sharing because, you know, people always, always need to hear that they're not alone. 
Yeah, that's something we talk about a lot in our mastermind calls is like we sometimes feel really alone. Like no one gets it. No one gets the struggles of entrepreneurship or money or signing on clients. And then when we meet, it's like, oh, we're actually all going through the same thing. And it is important to share so that people don't feel like they're so isolated. But I do understand there's this fear of like, I always felt like if I share this, I'm going to lose credibility. Like people aren't going to take me seriously or they're going to think I don't have the tools for them or whatever the case is. And so it's been a practice in opening up and sharing. And I think something that you talk about a lot that is really helpful that I think could help a lot of people is inner child work. So can you expand on like, first of all, how did you even find out about inner child work and then start really incorporating that as kind of like a pillar within Happy Scampers? So I think, I mean, it's actually kind of interesting how I found it because I think it was kind of an accident. Um, I started, you know, when I started my whole self-development journey and I think my whole self-development journey really did escalate when I started Happy Scampers because I started looking for all those resources to, you know, become a better version of of myself and looking for positive resources to help people. But I found the holistic psychologist, Nicole LaPera, and I I just found her YouTube. And I think it was from when I started making YouTube videos. And she talked a lot about, you know, the inner child and reparenting yourself and things like that. And when I started, you know, my first paid offers, I created a course called Relearning Yourself, Coming Back to Your Inner Child. And what's really interesting is when I created this, it was not really about, you know, the deep, dark inner workings of the inner child, like, you know, healing from trauma or anything like that. It was really just about coming back to like the innocent version of you or that like creative side of you or, you know, whatever interests that you really loved as a child and trying to basically just strip the layers back and strip all of the conditioning back. And then when I was like, maybe I'm using this terminology wrong. I don't know. That's when I was like, okay, I really want to dive deep. So I started, you know, buying books, listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks, watching YouTube videos about the inner child and about how to reparent yourself and how to like embrace certain aspects of your inner child and heal that version of yourself. And I like, I even got um, a hypnosis done for inner child healing and in that hypnosis, random memories of my childhood came back and they're not things I would have ever thought of or remembered, but this hypnosis brought them back. So it was interesting. But I think that the most powerful thing about inner child work and inner child healing is, at least for me, is you do not have to have a traumatic childhood. Like you do not have to have gone through something super hard or, you know, there are very textbook examples of inner child healing and you know what that trauma might look like for you but it could literally be that you got bullied in or someone made a comment to you when you were playing sports or um you know someone made your crush really embarrassed you in front of the whole class or something like these little tiny things affect us in ways that we don't really realize. And then they show up later and we're like, oh crap, that probably really had an effect on me when I was 12 or 13 or whatever. Um, so that inner child work and starting to do that really shed light on a lot of little things that I didn't realize had affected me at a young age. But 
I also started to realize that who I was as a child is like who I truly want to be. And over the years, all this conditioning really like had an effect on the fact that I wasn't living that truth anymore or as much. So I started to come back and like do more things that I really enjoyed, like listening to musical songs. And um, I put up a picture of Mr. Bean over my like office area, who was like a huge, he literally is my idol. Like I would, if I had to pick someone like living or dead to have dinner with, you know, that question people ask, I would choose him. Rowan Atkinson by far. Um, and then I put up like a picture of Dorothy over my desk because Wizard of Oz is like my all-time favorite movie. I just started to integrate things that like truly light me up and things that brought back thoughts of my innocence into my life. And I think that's something that's like so easy that people can, can do very quickly, very easily. And yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, it brings me a lot of joy. It's so true that those little things like you wouldn't think, you know, just hanging up a picture or playing a song would do much, but there is something to be said about the way our body stores information and reacts to it. This is such a random story, but in Germany, I was just like hitting shuffle on my phone and a yellow card song came on and yellow card were, was like my favorite band in junior, junior year, like something like that. And I must have been going through a breakup or something at that time because I started tearing up listening to this yellow card song. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Like I listened to yellow card probably 15 years ago. I don't understand. And then I was like trying to rack my brain of like, why am I tearing up? And I'm like, oh, I think I was going through a breakup at this time in middle school or something. And then I thought, well, this is causing this much of a reaction over something that hurt. I wonder if it would do the same thing over something that brought me joy And it kind of reminds me of what you do in your Happy Scampers Boot Scamp, where you play these songs that bring you back to certain memories. So can you walk us through like how Boot Scamp came about and what you do inside of it? Yes. Um, That is weird about the song. I feel like that too. I like there's been random songs where I'll like have them come up on my phone and my Spotify and I'll like literally skip them because I'm like, this reminds me of a memory and it's so long ago that it shouldn't even affect like you listening to it. But yeah, it's crazy. Um, so as far as Bootscamp goes, Bootscamp was my first ever paid offer. What it is, is basically it's a dance class. So Bootscamp dance. And it's the idea that moving your body and dancing can change your energy. So I grew up dancing on and off. I tried literally every sport under the sun and I was never really good at any, but dance was always some dance and theater were always things that I came back to. And because I you know, did it on and off. And then I went to three different high schools. I wasn't really able to stay consistent with it and, you know, try out, miss tryouts for school dance and stuff like that. So that kind of took a hit on my confidence. But anytime I'm like listening to a song I love or dancing or just like picturing myself in a musical or a music video, that's when I'm in such a good mood. And even if I'm having the crappiest day and I put on like a good song, I just, my mood just changes. And so I wanted to offer that same type of thing to other people, but I wanted to integrate other things into that class that have helped me with, you know, my self-development, just getting me out of a rut. So I started off with a meditation or sorry, I started off with journaling 
moving into dance and then ending with a meditation to kind of reflect on, you know, the time we spent together and just, it's all meant to get you out of a crummy headspace and just kind of shift up your energy, get out of that, you know, negative space that you're in or just heighten your mood just even a little bit. Because I've, I really do think that like not enough people are talking about how much dancing or like moving your body and just listening to a good song can help you and how much certain songs can bring you back to like a certain joy or joyous moment in your life. Or you can literally picture yourself in a club or in, you know, a field full of daisies or whatever makes you happy and just transport yourself and put yourself in a better mood. So that's what Bootscamp is and and how it came about. Oh my gosh. It's so much fun. It's funny that you said the club thing because obviously during coronavirus, especially in Germany where there was a crazy lockdown, there were no clubs, no dance floors, nothing. And I remember going out finally to my first bar or club or something after things started opening and I was having the time of my life. And I'm like, it's just because we're moving our bodies. No one cares what anybody looks like. People are just so happy to be out in public and moving again. And it's just over again, that like movement, like you said, there's so much power in moving our bodies. And then I started to rack my brain again of like, what are the times where I felt happiest? And it usually was in a dance class or when I was moving my body or not caring what people thought. And I feel like that's definitely the energy you bring to happy scampers and setting that space. I just took it a few weeks ago. And I remember being a bit skeptical, like, oh, am I really going to feel in a better mood? Am I, you know, like, is this really going to do anything? And then all of a sudden, two songs in, I was like whipping my hair around, getting low, moving all over. My brother and sister walked in. They were like, what's going on in here? And I was like, I'm just having a lot of fun. And it actually did change my energy. Like we did it in the evening and I did feel a difference. And it's not like we were dancing for five hours. It was what, maybe 20, 30 minutes. So it does show you that that really is such a powerful exercise. So Everybody go join Delaney's next Happy Scampers Bootscamp because there's so much fun and the meditations and the journaling. It was so helpful to them. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like you saying, you know, about the club and just dancing and especially in a group setting. Like I can remember, I don't know if you had, I mean, you were just at a wedding, but I feel like when I was growing up, I have a huge family. My dad's side of the family is very big. So anytime there was a swift wedding, like the dance floor was our freaking place, like dancing to ABBA, just like any old songs. And just, I remember like ever since I was a kid, always just being on the dance floor with my family, with my cousins. And like, that is my happy place. And so anytime there's like a wedding or a group setting where I know there's going to be dance, I'm just like, get me to the dance floor. Let's do it. Like, I'm so excited. And I actually have a wedding this weekend and I'm pumped because I'm like, can't wait to dance with my friends. (laughs) This is going to be awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has that experience too. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that's why I think the thing when you said no one talks about it a lot is because it does sometimes feel juvenile, right? Like when you like dance is something you do in middle school or high school and you have, like you just Mm -hmm. said, the dance tryouts or the dance teams, all of a sudden you become an adult and you start working in corporate and it switches to like yoga, cycling, you know, boxing, and then like the dance kind of feels like, oh, that's something you did when you're a little girl. And I think now we're seeing this kind of wave of people being like, why did we get rid of that? (laughs) That was so much fun. Exactly. I know I would love to have Bootscamp in person because I feel like it will be the, you know, 
the energy is just so much different when you're dancing in a crowd of people or you're, you're, you know, when you're in a dance fitness studio or a fitness studio in general, like hearing the music blasting, being in that environment, being around other people that are in a good mood, that just like makes it 10 times better. So I feel like that would just take it up 10 notches. Oh yeah. I mean, I had a great time. I was actually like giggling in the room, like having so much fun. Like it really did bring out my inner child. So I can't wait for the next one. Something that I feel like we're talking about the power of community. That's what we all really were missing in the coronavirus times, right? Where we couldn't just go to a club and meet our friends or go to brunch or whatever the case was. So a lot of us had to depend on online communities, which is what you're talking about. Happy Scampers really is. But people just feel like they were missing friends. And I feel like that's something you have experienced this year is like making soul connections online. And I would love to hear more about not only how you called those people in, but like people thinking that friendships online maybe are mm, maybe not the best. So they're like, I want to meet friends in person. You know, I just want to hear the power of like, you can still have beautiful friendships, even if you live in all different states. Yes. So this is a very relevant thing for me. And I feel like I have you to thank for this, but I definitely have called in a lot of great new friends specifically three girls who I love very much, Um, but I'll get into that. But yeah, I totally agree. I think that the beginning of this year, I realized that I wanted to focus on creating new friendships and not only creating new friendships, but really setting boundaries and standing my ground in old friendships and take those boundaries into new friendships and new relationships because I realized I kind of like let people walk all over me. And then once I tried to establish a boundary, it went wrong or I looked like the bad guy. And then if I, you know, held a boundary, then it was like, well, whoa, I expect you to be a people pleaser. I expect you to do this because I've always seen you do this and bend over backwards for me, or I've always seen you be really sorry when you can't like make something or when you can't do me a favor. And it just ate at me so much. And, you know, I was going through some transitions in a lot of my friendships. And so I knew that I wanted to continue to establish boundaries and friendships and call in friendships that were really going to just be mutually respectful and, really support me. And, and I really, really, really wanted to bring in friends that were going to understand what I was going through with this new business. So creating friendships that were also in kind of like the same space as me or in the same sort of position in life as me was really important when I was kind of starting my business and moving to a new state. And I feel like I manifested into existence because once I signed up with you and we kind of, we met online, I heard you on your podcast and then I, you know, messaged you on Instagram. But once I signed up with you, a few of the other girls that, you know, were coaching with you and I became friends. I remember, you know, one day K Sky messaged me and a few other girls and were like, oh, you know, Chelsea said that we would be good friends. Like we should, you know, would love to hop on a Zoom or something. And I was like, yes, I need this. Like I need someone else to, you know, just to hear from someone else and like what they're going through. Cause I feel like it will make me feel a lot less alone. And so we had a Zoom call one day and we literally talked for like three hours and it was only supposed to be like 30 minutes or an hour. And then, you know, the three of us, we literally live I live in Florida. 
One lives in Seattle. One lives in, well, she was living in Georgia at the time. Now she's living in North Carolina. And then one lives in Tennessee. So it was just crazy how we're like, we're all over the place. And then in August of this year, we finally all met up, all four of us met up in person. And we literally talk every single day on text or Voxer or whatever. And I don't know what I would have done without those three girls the past, I don't even know, like six months. I I feel like they've been a tremendous help in just like, you know, listening to me and supporting me and vice versa throughout like the, all of this life change recently. But <clears throat> I also think that, you know, because I started coaching with you and because I started making these friends and because I started Happy Scampers, people will reach out to me online. I'll reach out to other people. If I see something they post that I really vibe with, I'm no longer afraid to reach out because I feel like it's flattering. Like it's no longer weird for people to be like, you know, oh, I love, you know, your shirt or I love your vibe. Like you're just such a great person. I'd love to be friends. Like I literally have messaged multiple women online. I'd be like, I would love to be friends. And like we voice note back and forth and offer each other support wherever we can. And that is one huge thing I love about social media is just meeting new people and making new friends and having a community of people that like actually support you. And then you know, it made it that much easier when I moved to Florida to call in people that were more aligned with me on a soul level and to understand what types of relationships I wanted to bring in and what I was going to tolerate, what I wasn't going to tolerate in friendships. And yeah, it's, it's been really, really cool. And I'm so grateful that I've met those three women because I seriously don't know what I would do without them. Oh, it's the power of not only community, but then going through something that people are going through with you is it just opens up your eyes to like, again, goes back to we're not alone. It does feel so alone, especially entrepreneurship and being self-employed is one of the most triggering self-development shadow work journeys you will ever go on. And so to have that community of friends is so important, which is why now, even in my business, I am starting to think about building more group programs and communities because I know what it's like when I'm alone and I'm like, is anybody else feeling like this? And then it's like, oh, I join a membership and there's 500 people feeling the same way. It's like, yeah, you just need to go seek out those spaces. So I'm so glad that you've found that and that you are developing those soul connections because you also made a shift within yourself and kind of a decision of like, I'm done with this pattern and I'm going to move to a new kind of way of thinking. Which brings me to my my next question around something you talk about is surrendering and being okay with both outcomes. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I I don't even know how I came across this principle. I don't know if I heard it somewhere and then I just made it my own. I feel like I made it up on my own, but now I, I realize that it's like, it's everywhere. And people talk about this a lot, but the way that I was thinking of it in my own head was just a lot different. So I just feel like there was a couple decisions I was coming up on and this started happening around like the time I was moving and just things going awry, because I feel like sometimes when you're moving, it's just easy for a lot of things to go wrong. And especially when you're starting a business, it's easy for a lot of things to go wrong. Of course, there's going to be challenges, but you never really know what they are and you can plan all you want, but sometimes just things still come up. So I started, you know, thinking, okay, 
How can I be okay no matter what happens? How can I, you know, think of how much joy is going to come from whenever I do get where I want to go, but how can I also find joy if shit were to hit the fan and it were to get incrementally worse? And so I would just, you know, think of ways that I could fall in love with my life right now and think of the simple pleasures. So I would think about, you know, waking up in the morning and having my cup of coffee and sitting on my porch because I'm literally looking at my porch right now and it overlooks just like a beautiful little lake in our community. And I'm like, okay, how can I just find these little pockets of moments to feel joy now and not just when I get there, because if I'm literally going to make myself miserable or feel miserable from now until the time that I quote unquote get to where I'm going, then it's just not going to make life any fun because it's not going to happen tomorrow. You know, it's going to be time. It's going to take time before I get there. So, um, yeah. And then I, I just, I remember you thinking of that principle and then people would tell me about their problems. My friends would come to me for things and it was clear that they were basically like clinging or attaching themselves or, or giving off negative or sorry, not negative, giving off needy energy towards a certain outcome. Like I had a friend that was going through relationship troubles and she basically just wanted to have another boyfriend or wanted to have someone, you know, to kind of like give her that comfort. And I was like, okay, you need to fall in love with your life right now. And then like fall in love with how good it's going to feel when you do have an amazing boyfriend who supports you and loves you. And I feel like once you surrender and once you start to fall in love with how things are now, or if they were to get worse, then that's when you can truly start to bring in or like the universe knows, okay, she's ready. She, she's happy with her life right now. She's ready for what's to come next. Um, and so I think I just started applying it to so many different circumstances. I like, I even wrote a meditation on it and I was like, this is just so powerful. And anytime I find myself clinging to a certain expectation or to a future scenario or wanting to have X amount of growth in my business, I'm like, okay, even if I was thousands of dollars in the hole, how could I still be happy? Like, can I be grateful for the pillow I lay my head on? Can I be grateful for, you know, the coffee I get to drink in the morning, the fact that I have a place to live, the fact that I have a phone to communicate with people? Like, can I just find gratitude and like stillness here? And yeah, I mean, because another thing, is that you are always going to look back on any moment and miss it. Even like times of deep, dark depression that I've gone through, I still miss like something about that time. Like I remember going through something really hard in college, but I still miss college and I miss, you know, that year of my life. So how can you find things to be grateful for and happy about that are in your current situation? Because one day you are going to miss it. You're going to look, if I'm a millionaire, no, when I'm a millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire down the road, then I'm going to be like, oh, I miss when I lived in that apartment in St. Pete and, you know, life was simple and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it's just about finding gratitude for where you are now and surrendering to the process.
Oh, I love that. It reminds me of this quote at this cafe in LA. I think it's called Cafe Gratitude or something like that. And it literally says like, you something along the lines of you could find immediate abundance if you just looked at everything that's right in front of you that you could be grateful for right now. That's obviously not the quote because that sounds not inspirational at all. <laughs> but it was something along those lines where it really clicked with me of like, oh my gosh, yeah, when we're future projecting all the time, I'm like, I want this, I want this, I want this. We forget like what you just said. Oh my God, I have a, I, literally we have technology right now where I can even talk to you and have this conversation. The fact that we even have all five senses fully intact to be able to see each other on this call and communicate in an effective way and hear and speak. It's like, oh my God, it really does make you feel so abundant instead of, again, like you said, like, grabbing for the future of like, I want a relationship and this house and a million dollars. It's like, let's focus on right now. And I actually feel like what you're talking about is having a really high level of emotional intelligence, because you're, you're choosing like, okay, the world is not black and white, like, things are not always going to go super amazing or super shitty, like, there's kind of this gray area in between. So let me think about the different outcomes and be okay with them. So in case it does happen, you're not like, thrown for a loop and like whoa what the fuck I didn't even think of this it's like well I actually thought about this outcome and I was content or at least prepared for it which again I think is really highly emotionally intelligent yeah and I think just to add on to what you're saying I feel like not a lot of humans spend a lot of time being present I'm definitely one of them you know I'm as much as I would like to admit the opposite I'm definitely attached to my phone a, a lot and, you know, while I do have healthy practices and while I do feel like I live a healthy lifestyle, like there's definitely things that I do that aren't healthy or aren't super present. And I feel like once you can be okay in the present moment and like be fully there, that is, you know, kind of adds on to like the whole surrendering to the process thing and, you know, finding little pockets of joy in your day, like, you know, it's so easy to do, but people overlook it so often because we're always chasing like the next thing or, you know, I oftentimes glorify the past and like think about how good certain things were and, you know, how, like I said, how good college was or how good, you know, a certain time with a friend or, you know, whatever was. And then in reality, was it that great, you know, and how, how can you find just as much joy then right now? So I think, yeah, it kind of ties in with also trust trying to be present and enjoy things like as they come instead of glorifying the, the past and the, and the future. Yeah. And again, like the past already happened and the future isn't even guaranteed, like not to get, you know, uh, morbid here, but like, we could end this call right now and I could step outside and get hit by a bus. And I can't imagine that, you know, if I were to have my life flash before my life, like a movie that I would want to look at it and be like, oh my God, I was just complaining every day about what I didn't have. Like, that's not a fun movie to watch. Let's hope you don't get hit by a bus, please. <laughs> Cross your fingers and toes, knock on wood. Knock on wood, that would be <laughs> not okay. I want to also ask you about what, what you were just talking about too, like surrendering to the both outcomes, being okay and content with everything. And then what you just said, being on your phone and addicted to social media is something we all relate to. Like, this is not a Delaney issue. This is not a Chelsea issue. Like, we are very much all going through this social media addiction. 
Whereas this double-edged sword too, where like we just said too, you can find incredible friends, you can meet new people, um, you can find people you want to work with. Like there's so much good in the world on social media too. So I'm curious, like, have you developed any um, new habits or tricks or anything with your phone? Or is that something you're still working on? I would say yes and no. I think I'm way more aware of it now than I ever have been. And it's actually funny. Daniel, my boyfriend, he brought something up to me because I I feel like I am good about having a healthy lifestyle, like a full-on, like all-around healthy lifestyle. But when it comes to certain things that I don't think about, I'm, I don't have that same lifestyle. Here's what I mean. So... I have been breaking out recently. I was telling you earlier, um, I've been breaking out. I haven't had a bad breakout in a while, very long time. And I went through really bad cystic acne in high school. I was on Accutane, the whole kit and caboodle. And I've been obsessing over like every little zit that pops up and like, I'll pop one and the next morning another one pops up. And so I think the fact that like I obsess over it is the reason why it keeps coming. But my, but Daniel was like, it's funny how the, one of the things you care about the most, you treat the worst. And while I wanted to like slap him, (laughs) it was so right. Like, and then he make, made the same comment about my phone. It's so true though, because I pre and he, Oh, and he also said, you buy all this, like this nice skincare and, you know, try to take care of your skin and then you still pick at it. And it's the same thing with your phone, right? Like I preach all this happiness, positivity, like, you know, self-development. And then I still am on my phone consuming things that I don't necessarily want to see. Um, <clears throat> so it's interesting because like these little things we we neglect, like we think we're taking care of it, but then we just kind of forget. So I think you do this too, but I've started to just literally unfollow anyone that pops up on my feed that sparks any sort of like discomfort or any type of negativity in my head or in my body. If I see someone like got engaged or I see someone, you know, posted something that, you know, I'm a little envious of, I'm like, okay, I'm going to remove this from my feed. I don't need to see this. And then I've gone back and forth with, you know, waking up, not looking at my phone for the first hour um, and then trying not to look at it for like the hour before I go to sleep. And if that's not possible, I try to at least not look on Instagram. If it's like I need to check an email to remember what time a meeting is tomorrow or I need to, you know, I try to text my mom goodnight a lot. (laughs) So if I need to do that, that's fine. But I try just not to go on Instagram because I feel like that is just the one thing that sucks me in. Um, and other than that, I've tried to, I think what gets me and I'm sure like you could probably relate to this most sucked into Instagram is when I like want to go on there and post something. And then I start like scrolling on accident and just start comparing myself. And I'm like, shit, do I even want to post this? Like, it doesn't look cohesive. It doesn't, you know, fit with my feed. It's not, it doesn't look like what they're posting. And then I'm like, just in a negative headspace and I'm just like, I feel like I'm just screwed for the day. So that's when I'm like, okay, I need to get off of here. And, you know, if I can't stay off of it for the whole day, I'll at least try to take breaks where I leave it in the other room or I'll go for a walk or I'll watch a TV show or just do something that does not involve my phone whatsoever for as long as I can. I love that. I think the unfollow is so helpful. Like, like you said, I've been doing that too. 
Um, I've been in the morning trying to check my horoscope instead of Instagram because at least if I know I'm going to grab the phone, like I just can't go cold turkey. So I'm like, well, let me just try to at Mm -hmm. least do something different. But what I also think was so interesting about what you just said too was what your boyfriend had said about like things we we don't apply the same principles to all facets of our life and that's just part of like the self-discovery and owning what what we have pieces to work on right like we're not all perfect human beings there's all little things we can work on but I was nodding along when you said that because my ex used to say the same thing like I'm a mindset coach but then all of a sudden when it came to certain things in my life like I would not apply any of those tools and he's like I'm a little confused by what's going on I'm like <laughs> let me figure it out I'm not a perfect human being but yeah the social media thing is what I find interesting too is it, it's almost become a second inbox and I don't know if you feel like this way where if you think about it someone messaging you is like the same thing as someone having your phone number because they know you're gonna you can even it's actually worse because they can see that you've seen it and that you're active on social media so now it's like okay you have to set boundaries and i'm curious in your journey with entrepreneurship we've been talking about how there's so much like shadow work and self-discovery going on what have you learned whether that is boundaries or social media or comparison like what are let's say one to three lessons you've learned this year around starting a business oh my god um (laughs) I am learning every day. I think the biggest thing is that you can literally never plan for anything. Like even if you have the best plan and you have it all thought out, things could still go differently than what you originally expected. So basically plan, but plan to change the plan because things are always going to be changing. And I think it's just taught me to be like adaptable. And I knew that there was going to be challenges coming into this phase of my life. I just didn't know what the challenges were going to be. It's also another thing I've learned is just that things are a lot like messier than people talk about. Um, Like I have had to set a lot of boundaries around how much I do talk about to like certain people in my life because It just will make me feel crummy if I give all the details to certain people. You know, I've had to just think about ways that I can talk about it in a way that's positive, but is real, you know, because there are like a handful of people that can understand and relate to what I'm going through and they will be so encouraging, like, okay, you got this. Yeah, shit might be hitting the fan, but I totally get what you're going through. Why don't you try this? Have you tried marketing it this way or have you tried doing this whatever and those are the people I'm willing to divulge all the details to because they get it and because it doesn't feel icky but I could allow myself to sit in that ick if I divulge all the details to people who aren't in the same shoes and that is no shade at all to those people whatsoever but knowing that someone else is going through that same thing or something similar makes it feel a lot better like I can't really talk about, you know, money issues with my family, with my close friends, because I know that they maybe won't understand or they'll think negatively on me and they'll kind of discourage me from continuing forward. And that is just something that I don't want to do. Like, I remember, I don't know when it was, but at one point I messaged you and I was like, I need to just tell you all this shit that's going on. And I need you to be like, that's fine you're at a very rock bottom, but you need to keep going. 
And, you know, I, that's exactly what I want. Like I said, you need to tell me this. You need to tell me that I need to keep going because that's just what you need to hear. Like you don't want to sit in that ick. So just boundaries around, you know, talking about it. And another thing is comparison, you know, like I, I live with a guy that I'm dating, the guy I'm dating, Uh, (laughs) that started to sound weird. Um, I live with him and he is an entrepreneur and he's wildly successful for his age. And at least in my eyes, I, I look at him as wildly successful and he's finally gotten to a place where he's very financially free, can be a digital nomad. And it could either make or break me. Like I could let that be expanding for me, or I could let that be like, make me really mad and compare myself. And that applies to all of the friends and coaches and all the people online that are marketing their business and how they got a six figure launch and whatever. And that's just not always the reality of it. It's very lonely and very isolating at times because you can't come home and complain about how, you know, your boss is doing this and how your coworkers are, you know, annoying or there's this chatty Kathy that's always like bothering you or whatever. And that's what a lot of other people are going through. They're going through their nine to fives. They're all, you know, in that phase of life and that's fine. That's great. No shade to that at all, but it can feel very lonely when you're trying to get to a certain place, but it's also the most rewarding freaking thing. And it's like, I would never want to do anything different now that I've gotten a glimpse of this because anything else just feels inauthentic. And I think that's one thing that I've definitely like moved through these last five or six months is I feel the worst when I'm not speaking my truth. I feel the worst when I'm not like saying how I feel. I feel the worst when I'm holding things in and it would just feel like going back to a nine to five would feel like a step back, you know, and I have no, nothing against a nine to five, but it's just, yeah, it's a very rewarding process, but it's very hard, very lonely, but very rewarding. Yeah. And I'm glad we're talking about it because like you said, what we see online is a six figure launch and beautiful Mm -hmm. feeds and like no problems, vacation, and then when you start really digging behind the scenes, it's like, oh, well, they had a six-figure launch because they have 10 full-time team members helping them and they're not even like touching their emails or understanding the back end. Or they've been doing this for five years and invested $100,000 into themselves. It's like, we need the mm-hmm. context of that. And I think that's something that you're really highlighting is context is key here. Like it's hard to make comparisons when you don't have all the context but that's what Instagram is. No one gives every little piece of context. So it's up to us to have that self-awareness of like, I don't have all the context, so I'm not going to make a snap judgment about this, but it's hard and it's not easy. And I'm, again, I'm glad we're opening up because there's people that see entrepreneurship as just like, oh, self-employed must be the easiest thing in the world. I'm like, I have gotten to know myself more than ever after starting my business than like any other thing I've ever done. Yes. It's crazy too, because I feel like I've been with people like hanging out with someone or around someone who is either like does not have their shit together or had a really bad day or did something that I don't agree with. And then five minutes later or an hour later, the next day they're posting something on their social media that looks 
the complete opposite depiction of their life. And that just gives you such a clear picture of like, holy shit, like do not take anything on social media to heart because it is not always the truth. And even if you are talking about your struggles, you can still hide certain things, you know, it's, it's, it's very, um, you know, it can, it's, it's very deceiving sometimes. And I don't know if you've ever gone through this with like entrepreneurship or like being around family or friends, but I feel like another thing people don't talk about is how weird and awkward it can be like saying what you do for a living or like explaining like I know you were just at a wedding did you have to endure any of that oh yeah all the time I mean I always laughed when I was in Germany hello like coaching is not even that big of a thing and then what I was doing mindset podcast manifestation it sounded like I was saying I'm a princess like they were like what the hell are you talking about I always deal with that exactly I I feel like I'm always so in my head and with my last job I feel like everyone was always so impressed and like oh you're working in corporate like good for you like had so many questions and now like once I say you know what I do or try to explain it a little bit people are they don't have any other questions I don't think they know what to ask and then I'm like oh god like did I confuse them do they think this of me whatever so getting over that mind hurdle is also another whole problem in its own yeah it's something that every entrepreneur goes through too. And I always tell you this, I'm like, every entrepreneur goes through this. Like, I think we see again, the final product of like, wow, they must have never dealt with comparison or envy or dealing with telling people what they are, what they make, like everybody, especially if you're in the coaching or service industry, I feel like goes through this. It's like, you said, we're going to look back at it one day and be like, Oh my God, remember first year of business when it was like, so awkward to talk about what we talked about. And now here I am. It's it's actually funny to like think that that day will probably happen soon. I know. I, I keep thinking like anytime I hit a bump in the road, I'm like, this is just going to be my story. This is going to be my story one day. And like, I can't wait to talk about all these lows and, you know, some highs that I hit on the way. But yeah, I just always remember, remember to myself, this isn't gonna last forever. And it's going to be a story someday. <laughs> I always think the how I built this podcast. Um, yes. That's what I try to think of. I'm like, I'm going to be on how I built this. I'm going to laugh that this thing didn't work and this link didn't work and no one signed up, but then it turned around. You have to like keep pretending you're going to be on how I built this to get through. It, exactly. I think about that all the time of people asking and just listening to certain, you know, celebrities or, you know, very successful entrepreneurs that I look up to and them saying that they like, you know, didn't sell one of their products or they went in debt or, you know, they faced massive rejection or even some people got fired from their jobs and stuff, you know. So I always try to remember those things and me telling my stories down the road as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been such a value-packed conversation. I feel like we've covered so many different topics, but I do have one last question that I ask everybody. And I know you are a master of inner child work, of dancing, of movement, of really just like bringing joy to people's lives. But is there something that you're not an expert in that you wish you were? Oh, boy. So the first things that came to my mind were like math and science related things and sports. I know that there are probably so many other things that I would think of after this conversation or other things that I wish I would be better at, but those were the things I struggled with the most when I was growing up, like math and science and more logical based topics 
are just so confusing for me. And so I can't remember details. Like, I, I don't know. And Daniel will be like, oh, it's because this and this and da 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 da. And I'm like, how do you remember that? Um, and then, you know, I was just never really good at any sports. And I felt like I took that really, really personally and like thought that that determined my whole entire worth when I was younger. And now I'm like, I don't know anything about football. I don't know anything about, you know, X, Y, and Z. And everyone's like cheering at the TV. And I'm like, I wish I could relate, but I just can't. That's hilarious. It's like, it's so funny. The things that we think are going to like make our life. It's like sports is not going to like make or break you, but we do think of it all the time. Love that. I I wish people were as into like theater or like weird topics that I love just as much. I'm sure they're out there. I just need to find them. Oh yeah. If anybody's listening, that's into that sub message Lainey because she's ready to start that community. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I've had so much fun talking to you. Can you let us know what is on the docket for happy scampers? What's coming up? What are you offering? Yes, I am currently taking on five clients uh, to do one-on-one coaching with me. Uh, It's three months long and it's going to be amazing. We're going to talk on Boxer every day. We're going to do Zoom calls. It's going to be like basically what Chelsea helped me with. So if you're going through any life transitions, breakups, new jobs, anything, um, I'm here to support you. So taking on five clients for that potentially a boot scamp coming up here soon and some little um, offers on the way to be looking out for on my Instagram. Yay. What, what is your Instagram? And my Instagram is at happy scamp underscore ER. So at happy scamper. Amazing. I'll plug all that in show notes. And like I said, guys, check out boot scamp. It's so much fun. And her one-on-one coaching is going to be amazing. You've heard exactly her energy inner child work, confidence, clarity, you're going to get all that out of coaching with her. So I cannot wait to see who you call in. And I'm so glad we had this conversation. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Bye. Don't you love Delaney? I am absolutely obsessed with the whole concept of being okay with both outcomes that has seriously changed my life. Whenever I feel like I have to make a big decision or I'm really being hard on myself for something and just really questioning things, I go to that concept like, okay, what are both outcomes? I really hope you love this episode. Be sure to give Delaney a follow and check out her work in the show notes. She is such an incredible person and be sure to follow me at Chelsea Rife or at non-expert opinion pod on Instagram. And before you go, I have a very exciting giveaway for the month of November. Anybody who leaves a review during the month of November, send it into info at chelsearife.com or DM me at Chelsea Rife. You will be entered into a giveaway. Two people actually will be entered into a giveaway to win a year-long subscription to open. Okay, this is not a week, not a month, a year-long freaking subscription. This app has completely been my go-to the last four-plus months. It has Pilates, breathwork, meditation. You can do live classes. You can practice with friends. You can practice solo. And if you're on the West Coast, they have a pop-up location in Venice. So yeah, you definitely want to take advantage of this offer. I am absolutely obsessed with the app. I actually bought the year-long subscription after my trial because that's how much I loved it. And now you have the opportunity to win it yourself. All you have to do is send your review into info at chelseareif.com or again, DM me at Chelsea Rife, and we will pull the winner at the end of this month. 
Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.